Okay. Okay. Are you, you're good? You're okay? I'm okay. Okay. I, I have a question for you. Question away. This is out of character for me, and you've known me for a long time. I think it's out of character for me. Oh, Maybe you'll correct me. Well, you're a character. I am a character. I, I have a question for you, but do you believe in horoscopes? Horror. Horoscopes. Horror. <laughs> horoscopes. Horoscopes. <laughs> uh, not so much. No, eh? You know what? It's funny. I, I do read horoscopes, actually pretty religiously, but I never read the horoscope that's coming up. I read it the next day. <laughs> When it's already happened. When it's already happened, because I I'm an, I'm a little bit of a non-believer, but at the same time I'm a little bit of a believer. So I like to read what happened yesterday, and it'll say something like, "Don't let others ruin the success of your day." And I read that the next day, and I look back on my day, and I'm like, "Yeah, I talked to a client who was all negative. I brushed it off, and then it's like, and I had a very successful day." And I'm like, "Wow, I was totally right." And it always seems that they're right. And I know it's just creative writing is a big part of it. It's like the yes or no questions, right? If you want someone to answer, you got to lead into it. Right. Honestly, it's probably just fucking magic beans, as stupid as they are. It, it honestly, when I see that it reflected my day before, I feel like eh, it was pretty good. So there's some truth to it. Maybe or it's just again, it's magic beans. It makes me feel good. Coincidence. Yeah, it's just a coincidence or clever writing. It doesn't hurt to be curious. No. Speaking of curious, uh, we have a podcast, and we're going to peak some curiosity in a few minutes. Nice. Count me in. Welcome to Taming the Hustle. Or something of the sorts. And we're back. Mm, so we are. We're going to talk about something so, so exciting today. No, I bet you it's funny. I got lots of jokes ready. We're going to talk about prepping for tax season. I don't have a fucking joke for that. <laughs> tax season makes me angry. Wonk, 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 I swear, every topic you've proposed to me, I'm like, I can make jokes about that. It's not a laughing matter. You no. know what? There's two things in life that are certain, and they're right. It's death and taxes. Yeah. Yep. We haven't spoken about death yet. so We once went for a walk in BC together, and uh, I know you felt like it was a walk in the park. A walk in the park. You went over a little hill. I basically climbed Mount Everest. <laughs> That's how that walk went. I had shin splints. You are so out of shape, dude. Oh, my God. It's Get your so shit bad. together, I'm man. I'm trying. We preach holistic financial planning. We preach a holistic I lifestyle. Know. Food is so good, though. Yeah, but you just go for a walk before or after. My shins are still killing me, and it's, I don't even remember when we went for that walk. You took a shin kicking. I did. <laughs> took a shin kicking. Anyways, let's get back to I, I, my roundabout way of saying I almost died that day. Yeah. Well, you didn't, but you paid your taxes. Yeah. We lost a lot of good men. Hey, listen. <laughs> yeah. Okay, wedding crashers. <laughs> so tell me about taxes. Cause, Funny guy. You know what? Every year, I always say as a business owner, I'm going to be super prepared. And in September, I'm like, hey, I'm going to get my ducks in a row right now. The best thing you can do as a business owner is have your shit in order throughout the year. Yep. Right? So if you use, like we use QuickBooks, but there's so many platforms out there. Just to track your expenses, track your revenue, and have it itemized properly so that when you, 
you know, the good old days of bringing a shoebox or a banker's box to your accounting firm for them to decipher all that is sort of passe. And if you can get organized throughout the year and have that all done in advance, it makes them preparing your business taxes and your and your financial statements makes it a lot, a lot easier for them and probably going to save you a lot of money. So even if you have to pay for a subscription fee for something like QuickBooks, you're going to save yourself at least that with your account not having to start tabulating receipts for you. One of the things I used to do was uh, very old school and I took it from the film industry was that, I, you know, you make this grid of all your expenses and as receipts come in, you take, you know, a regular piece of paper out of the recycle bin and you tape all your receipts to it and you have them categorized on your sheet and you put everything in a binder. That's old school. It is. But when I, I remember when I first started in my business and I would go to my accountant, they were like wowed because they're like, man, everybody comes in with the shoebox. You have it all organized. It's all by category, everything. And it's, nice. yeah. And so it's funny because I actually sent request to QuickBooks to be a little more like that so that, and I've watched changes, not that I'm saying I made the change, but I feel like I was part of the change. We do a ton of taxes for our clients and we now turn away the bankers boxers because it's just so much work. I mean, there's no reason for it. I know people who, and I'm, I'm not even like exaggerating at tax season, they open up the like storage unit in between the two seats of their truck. Nice. And they pull all the receipts and put them in a little garbage bag and they walk into their accounting firm. I couldn't imagine. Yeah. No, thanks. That's organization 101 right there. So the next thing is having a a conversation with your accountant, right? Even if it's not during tax season, because they are busy. Like we work with a lot of accountants and tax accountants and it's very trying during tax season for them. I mean, they just, they have more than their hands full. For sure. So even if you're speaking with them off season on tips on how to be best prepared so that you have less work at tax time, again, it comes down to saving you accounting costs by being more organized and it's more predictable as well too. I mean, who doesn't, you know, you, you don't want to be an ostrich and stick your head in the sand. Mm-hmm. You want to have an idea of what your tax consequences are going to be when, you know, long in advance before you file rather than having an unpleasant surprise last minute. And I'm going to speak from experience here and say long ago, I used to use, I'd go into, actually, this is how old this this story is. I would go into Zellers just before tax time <laughs> and I would buy the computer program that let me file my taxes and do it all by myself. And I would do it and I'd get little return back or I'd be paying. And then you actually told me, you're like, why, you know, you, you need to be. No, you, you know what I said is I said, Daryl, you got to get your fucking shit together. Exactly. And so when I actually got a professional to do my taxes and all these little areas where those little computer programs don't actually help you, all of a sudden I was getting a higher return or if I had to pay, I had to pay a lot less. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's so many things that the software won't actually point out for you, right? It is important to speak to a professional when you have some complexities with your tax returns, not only as business owners, but individuals as well too, right? Gathering up your medical receipts for the year because yep. anything above 3% of your annual income is deductible and you get a 15% tax credit. So I often get the clients say, well, should I keep my receipts? Well, you don't, you don't know from year to year because if you yeah. have a year where you have a lot of expenses with whatever, hearing aids, uh, dentures any type of dental work or any other type of uh, unforeseen expense. I mean, it could easily go above your 3%, right? For sure. The other thing too is like daycare costs, which most people take advantage of because it's a pretty known expense. Yep. Uh, professional dues. So if you're an engineer, for example, you would have your association fees that you would have to pay and your membership fees. So all of that is tax deductible. 
Also, your investment council fees. So if you have non-registered investments, so people don't always understand this, but if you have RSPs and tax-free savings accounts, the government won't allow you to deduct those because they're already registered assets and they have some tax preference to them. But if you have a non-registered investment, whether it was a mutual fund or a stock portfolio or whatever, whatever management fees you're paying, provided they're fee-based and not embedded commissions, you have the ability to deduct those fees. Oh, interesting. I'm one of those people who I pay my taxes, I play by the rules, I do everything, and I keep everything forever to do with taxes because I have this giant fear of being audited. And it's like they come in, they want to audit my business and myself. Jail's not so bad, Daryl. <laughs> no, seriously, though, because I, I do have this fear. And Free room and board. Free room and board. Free All the food. sex you want and don't want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I just need a spoon. I'll be like uh, Shawshank Redemption and slowly work my way out. Nice. Uh, but no. Speaking of spoons, would you be the big spoon or the little spoon in jail? <laughs> you know what? I feel like from a sexual preference, I'd be the big spoon. But because I'm cute and I'm short, I think I'd end up being the little spoon, unfortunately. It is what it is. <laughs> no, but I keep all my receipts. I keep everything. And I have this giant fear that if I ever do get audited, that... The auditor comes in and says, oh, I noticed in 2007, you had this and that. and the other Seven thing. years. That's it, eh? Like, and uh, here's another overkill thing. And tell me if I am being overkill. You're so, being overkill. It, it, well, just little things like gas receipts. So yes, I keep my gas receipts for my business, you know, when I travel to meet clients or do a shoot or whatever it is. But I also keep my personal gas receipts because again, I'm worried I'm going to be audited someday and they're going to say all this gas that you're spending, clearly you were going to the grocery store and going on trips. And I want to say, no, 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 here's my personal. Is that overkill or what? You should be talking to your accountant about how you're going to be logging that because you should be logging what's personal and what's business. And then you would be uh, expensing that off accordingly. So. Yeah, You do have to talk to your tax professional and it's important that you have a good communication with them because it is going to make a difference on how uh, you're optimizing and capitalizing on, you know, your deductions and your tax savings. Yeah, for sure. Another thing too is, is RSPs, right? So people often say, well, I, I want to top up my RSPs before the deadline. So typically the deadline in Canada is March 1st. Yeah. So what that means is they give you the first 60 days of the current tax year for you to purchase an RSP to use the RSP as a tax deduction for the prior year. Oh, okay. Right. So being in the current calendar year, you have until March 1st of the following year to be able to top up your RSPs to attempt to reduce your taxes owing or to increase your refund, provided you have the tax bracket to do so. Yeah. So if you're in a 20% tax bracket and let's say you invest a thousand dollars in an RSP, you're going to get a $200 refund. But if you pull it out, at retirement and you're in a 40% tax bracket and that $1,000 turned into say $2,000, well, now you're going to pay $800 in taxes on that Mm $1,000 you saved $200. So you're sort of shooting yourself in the foot. So that's when a certified financial planner comes in to help you determine. And you can work with that with your tax account if that's your only financial need or financial consulting need. But making sure that you're optimizing your tax savings now, but being mindful of what you're likely going to pay for it at retirement to make sure that it really is the right decision. And since the introduction of the TFSAs, for people that are earning lower than, let's say, fifty or $60,000, typically doesn't make sense to do an RSP. It's typically better to bite the bullet on 
the tax savings now and invest that tax-free so that when you pull it out, whether you've doubled your money or tripled your money over a lifetime, you would have the proceeds to be completely tax-free. Nice. I like tax-free. Tax-free is good. I, I often think of tax season like the movie Ocean's Eleven. It's like it's a heist. Everyone is trying to create the heist yeah. to get around yeah, the Yeah, to government. get away from it. <laughs> it's like you want to be running out of the casino with the money in your hand. Yeah, there's a difference between tax planning and tax evasion, yeah. right? <laughs> so tax evasion is illegal. Yeah. Uh, tax planning is highly encouraged and you should see professionals to help you out with that. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, uh, let's let's take a little break and uh, I'd like to come back and talk about the www.websites. World Wide Web. We'll be right back. See you soon. I heard that when you become an adult, boys no longer have cooties. You can have cake for breakfast and you get a lifetime subscription to the Canada Revenue Agency. Whatever that is. Don't be late and file on time. Hashtag call Renee of St. Cyr and Associates. Hey, we're back. We're we're both still here. Uh, listen, I want to talk about something uh, near and dear to my heart. Were we ever really gone? No, we, we just pretend we leave and have a big long break. We're pretend back. Yeah, yeah. How you been? I've been good. You know, it was a good break. Nice. So what are you talking <laughs> to me about now? I want to talk about a website. I want to talk about sex, baby. You know what? Let's talk about that later. <laughs> Another podcast. Yeah. Well, no, we'll talk about it. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, you never know what happens in the next break. So I do want to talk about websites and why they matter in this day and age. Please do. Because I know lots of people and lots of businesses out there think that I don't need a website anymore. I just need social media. I, I do hear that. And it is far from the truth, to be honest, because I, I think after marketers realized that the internet was more than just porn. Um, what? I, I know it's hard to believe, but it is true. It's, it's one of those things that businesses still don't realize that the majority of their customers will visit their website before making a purchase. And it's, I do it all the time. Like I do it when, if I'm buying a table from a major box store and I say, oh, that table's really nice. I like it. So I know that, but there is the local store that sells the tables as well. So I want to go on. I want to read reviews. I do want to see some stuff. Dude, I totally relate. It's research, right? And like everybody wants the best bang for their buck. If I do a Google search and I'm looking for a business or a restaurant, if they don't have a website, it's really, really rare that I'll actually go to that store. 100%. It increases credibility. Those without, people question their legitimacy of their business. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I look for lots of ratings. So let's say I'm going to a restaurant and I want to have tapas and I'm in the city. Uh, if there's one that has four stars or four and a half stars and it has like a thousand ratings and a website, I'm going to pick that one over the one that has the same four and a half stars with maybe less or more ratings and no website. That's how my crazy brain works. I like it. Maybe I'm not so crazy after all. Maybe I'm like everybody else. <laughs> but when potential customers compare the two businesses, and, and I, I stress this to clients all the time because there are, there are great websites out there that help you build your website. You can do it as on your own because it is expensive to build a website fresh and new. But the thing is, is that quality is everything. And keeping it current too, right? That's the thing. Websites shouldn't live dormant. It's they have to be growing. Like you have to be showing stuff. The best is when you go on a website and you look at the about us or whatever, and and the business owner's got like a full head of hair and, and a mustache, <laughs> and you show up at their place and like the guy's bald and he's got a hundred pounds extra on him. It's like, 
what the fuck? We've met with clients where they say we want a new website and we're like, okay, perfect. We've, we've only talked with the owner and I go to the about us section and I'm like, okay, I, now I got some knowledge about the people who work there because they have everybody listed. And then I get there and those people fucking don't work there anymore. They haven't worked there in like 10 years. Yeah, that's crazy. Might as well not have a site. Yeah, it is mind boggling to me. So I just want to stress to people listening that websites do matter. And it doesn't matter if it's hashtag websites matter, hashtag websites matter. And it's always going to be that way. I know times are changing. Social media is getting bigger. But until social media gets on that point where your web page lives on social media. No, it's like I even when I go to Instagram or Facebook, I don't read through all the posts. I generally click the link to their page. And so that's that's another warning. Finish your Facebook and your Instagram details. Because if you don't, no one knows where your website is. No one knows where your location is. No one knows what the hell you do, right? As soon as you have an empty Instagram page, you you question that legitimacy again, right? 100%. At least I do. Yeah. So I just want to... You're the expert. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I know we think that websites are only porn, but they are not. You keep bringing that up. You have something you want to talk about? You got an addiction of some sort? I do. Uh, can we talk about it when we get back? Sure. I'm going to go... Look at the internet. Check out our website. See you soon. When we're asked, what's the key to a financially sound business? The answer is always the same. Believe in your business and have a good financial blueprint. Long-term business survival is more than just crunching numbers. Hashtag call Renee of St. Cyr and Associates. So I just finished looking at uh, the World Wide Web. I, I didn't look at porn. I looked up uh, restaurants getting hungry. Sure you did. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but you look relieved. I, Did you find the restaurant you're looking for? I do. It was a, it's a big weight on my shoulders. Nice. Uh, I found loads of them. <laughs> oh. uh, but speaking of which, I would like to uh, talk about a love story of mine. And that is the love story of sex. And the thing I want to talk about is why is it so taboo to talk about sex? I don't know. I don't know. We're taught that sex and reproductive health are unnatural topics and to be kept private in that. And I'm a big believer that things need to change. I've always been very in tune with my sexuality. I never really got it either. I don't, I don't know if it's religion. Again, we're not experts in this field, but man, no. like Daryl and I talk about all sorts of topic and sex always comes back to the table, right? Men are from Mars, women are from Venus, yeah. but the taboo-ness of it, I can't comprehend, but it's a lifetime of culture probably. Yeah, I, I, when you said religion, that sparks with me. Like I wanted to say, don't get me started, but no, get me started. And then I have nothing against religion. But when I was growing up, I was raised Catholic and it, you were basically uh, told, and please the Catholics, don't send me hate mail. I'm just relating my experiences. Uh, you were shamed or you were told you were a sinner because you did these things or you thought about these things. And it just became so taboo that parents wouldn't talk to their kids. And that's one of the things for me is I'm like, how is it that we will overstate the fact that do not go play in the street because it's so dangerous you're going to get hit by a car and the it's it's very unlikely. It, it is true. Yeah, and but then they could get hit by a car. They could, but we don't talk about the fact that you know condoms, uh, birth control, STIs. It's there. What they're, about control in the first place? Right. Control. Yeah. Talk talk about sex 
so that your child is in the driver's seat, right? And they're educated about their decisions so that when they're ready to have sex, regardless of the age, that they're well-equipped and prepared instead of figuring it out on their own. Like it shouldn't be taboo. It's funny because my own kids, I've always been honest and open with them way. I, this is, I got to go off topic here for a second. Please I, do. Well, it's on topic, but kind of. My daughter, when she was four, asked me where babies come from. And my wife thought I was going to talk about a stork or something. And I said, well, it comes, you know, from the mom. And she's like, I know, but where does it come? Like, how does the baby come out of the belly? And I'm like, oh, out of the vagina. And my daughter grabbed her vagina and her eyes bugged out of her head. And she said, I'm never having kids. (laughs) And it was the funniest moment. And my wife was mortified. She's like, why would you say that to her? And I'm like, that's the truth. Right. And so I'm very open and honest. I bring up sex every now and then just to try to have a conversation with them. And I think the influence of their friends and the taboos at school. Absolutely. They don't want to talk about it. And I'm like, wait a second. We've always been so open and honest about it. I'm I'm completely comfortable talking about sex with my girls, but uh, they would have nothing to do with it. Because like when I grew up, we never talked about sex at home. Like the only time sex was brought up was because I was caught with the Simpson Sears catalog in the bathroom. Oh, the Christmas episode, <laughs> the wish list. What yeah. is it they called it? The, 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 the wish book? The wish book, yeah. Oh my God. I know. Best bra and underwear section ever. They always had the red lingerie with the garters at Christmas. And you fuckers out there who are saying, I never did that. You are lying. full of shit. <laughs> I remember as a little kid at Christmas, like going through the catalog like in the family living room on the sofa (laughs) while the adults are like partying in the kitchen and i'm just sitting there like a six seven year old oh it was oh i know the christmas catalog (laughs) from sears was the greatest bringing me back to my childhood now i'm acting a little giddy the funny thing is when sears closed officially closed down the people were on ebay like selling the wishlist book and stuff like that and there was one from my childhood i still remember the cover I actually looked for it. I don't know why. I wanted to buy it as a... Nostalgic. Yeah, I guess of me looking at lingerie, which is kind of weird, but it just... That's part of childhood and growing up. I mean, that was our era. Oh, 100%. That and finding... Now they have the internet. Exactly. Like we used to find porn in the bush, like in the woods. (laughs) Exactly. Because our older neighbor's kids (laughs) would freaking hide them in the woods. It's crazy. I know. And the other thing that bothers me too is that like gender and sexuality is an uncomfortable topic for most people. And, you know, I, I've really evolved myself over the years and I don't want to get too serious here. Don't. I've, I feel like for the longest time, I didn't know the problems that people were having, whether you were gay, whether you were uh, trans, I, I didn't understand kind of what that was because no one ever talked about it. I recently learned a little bit more about the trans world and I, there's a couple of people I follow on Instagram and they were talking about just going to the dentist and they had a dentist actually say to them when they realized that they were trans, they were like, oh, we can't treat you. No, you're kidding me. And like, when I saw that, I literally went to my entire team and I said, hey, we need to find trans businesses that are struggling in the mainstream because of their gender. I remember you telling me about this. I don't know what it was. It just struck a nerve with me. And it's one of those things where I, it's the injustice and, or, you know, the, the taboo of it all. I just feel like everyone should be equal. We should all be able to talk about sex. We should be all be able to talk about our gender and our sexuality and it'd be okay. It's okay to say, Hey, I'm a straight white male from Northern Ontario or I'm a straight white male from Northern Ontario. See, that's it's okay to say oh, that feels so good. Darryl. I knew it did. 
felt so good. <laughs> but it's it's also so equally important to say I'm a bisexual transgendered person from Montreal or Who cares? whatever. Who cares? We're just we're all people. <laughs> yeah, but I think the the taboo of it it's got to go away. And I think uh, not that our podcast is going to solve that, but there are other podcasts out there that talk about sex. Oh my God, sex with Emily. Yeah, it's a great podcast. I love her. Yeah, hundred percent. I'd love to have her on this show. Actually, that would be great if if she's listening. She is listening. I, I'm convinced. Oh, you're sending her vibes, are I'm you? I'm sending her vibes, like and the wee vibe. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, <laughs> I I honestly believe there's other people out there like Emily who can help this tabooness. Is that a word? Tabooness? No, that's a fucking terrible word, Daryl. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to cut it because I think people need to understand that. When you screw up a word, that's not a taboo. <laughs> okay. Oh. Uh, but anyway, getting back to the subject, uh, I think it's just generations of influence and I, and I don't understand it, but I think that we've made lots of headway, but we still have lots to go. And it's very much the responsibility of the parents. I think where I am at right now is one, don't be afraid to talk about sex. Let's talk about sex, baby. Exactly. There was a song. That's a song. Salt like, and how did we not learn from Salt and Pepper? Man, we sang that lots, though. I know. I still do. Just to wrap this up, just in case there's lingerie stores listening, if you can create a Christmas wish book for me, I will subscribe to that. But like a hard copy, not, uh, no pun intended. I want something, hard copy. I, I want something to be able to sit with, you know, and look, not not just internet. I can do that. That's for suckers. I want something I got to work you wanna for. Go, you want to walk through the bushes and you want to be sweeping the area just in case you find something it's, it's under a It's more romantic that way, right? It's so. it's the hunt and chase of it all, right? Mm, it's, it's like seduction. Romance. Yeah, it's mm, seduction. Seduction. Yeah. All right. Listen, uh, that's it for me. I'm uh, I'm tired. I'm going to go look for a Sears catalog. Right on. And uh, hey, if you are you sitting there tonight doing nothing and you're with somebody, doesn't matter who it is, just talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Take care. Ciao.